Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Geekish Geek Beast, part of the Geekish Network. This is your daily rundown of geek news from geeks like you and geeks like my man to the side here. Why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Why don't you introduce yourself to what? the people? Can I do that? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing my good. name. <laughs> my name is Mr. Benja, and we're going to work all this out. I, we don't have timing because we haven't done this in a bit, but we're about to do it. <laughs> tell, tell them what you do, Mr. Benja. Let the people know why uh, you on the show. Why are you a geek? Why are you a geek supreme supreme over here? Let them so, know. Supreme. I get. I don't. I don't even claim the term geek like that. But um, I whatever. Suppose, That's what geeks say, you guys. I suppose I collected comic books as a kid. Uh, you know, I had my own video game rental service in high school that I got in trouble for. Uh, I started making video games in middle school. I don't know. Um, worked at Rockstar Games, Sony Santa Monica. Uh, went to art galleries, and now I just sit around on the internet and talk noise. That, that's, that's very geeky of you. To sit on the I, internet and talk noise. Um, isn't, if you isn't say so, like, I'll... Uh-huh. <laughs> what were you going to say? As a, no, if you say so. If if that's the label, I'll take it. I'm on oh, the geeky Own it, network. own it, own it. I've read comic books. I've rented out my video games. I've also started game development when I was in middle school and I was worked at Rockstar. Y'all see that? That's a humble flex there. <laughs> Tell me what you did at Rockstar. Tell me what you did at Rockstar. Um, well, I was actually a programmer at 3DO before I went to Rockstar and they hired me there as a designer. And I ended up being the lead designer for table tennis. And with my technical knowledge uh, and my design knowledge, we put together basically a one-shot game at Rockstar, which is a really small title that they kind of weren't sure was ever going to make it out. But we put it out and it was a, I don't want to say a tech demo, but it allowed us to create a new, the Rockstar Advanced Gaming Engine, the Rage Engine you probably heard about. That was the first test bed for that. And it became such a thing that it was like, yo, let's get out on the Xbox 360, make a first game with this. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, blaze some new trails, try some new things out. And I was like, let's go. And history. So you'll see what I'm saying? And you also were in the video game. Ah, that is true. Yes. <laughs> L literally. <laughs> <laughs> what game Shout is out that? Uh, Red Dead Redemption, uh, my character model is actually in the game and my name is actually somewhere else in the game. Um, that's I had such a great relationship with uh, the 3D artist, Ted Bradshaw, Raphael Phillips, you know, Raph and uh, mm -hmm. Marcellus Barnes. Yeah, I had such a great relationship with them. One day, actually, just a really quick thing. One day we're sitting around, everybody's working and I'm like, eh, I'll get the I'll get the update of the game tomorrow. I don't feel like getting it tonight. I'm just going to finish working. And then all of a sudden, my friend Jeff, he stands up. He's like three or four cubicles away. He stands up. Yo, I just shot Benji in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And everybody starts laughing. They're like, yep, yep. I, I hogtied him to a train. I'm like, the hell y'all talking about? <laughs> Little did I know, my model was in the game suddenly. So uh, thanks to Marcellus for getting me ganked in, in yep. the game. Yep. You've been breaking color barriers in Western games. <laughs> Probably the first black person in a Western video game. And I did it with the top hat. Oh, uh, see, that's even crazier. See, that's what I'm talking about. With class. With class. <laughs> Speaking of game, let's get into some gaming news real quick. 
Go. So there's a huge PlayStation Now changes coming to us very soon. It looks like the huge PlayStation Now changes are imminent and possibly huge changes to PlayStation Plus as well. There have been rumors for months PlayStation Spartacus, a new PlayStation subscription service, will replace PlayStation Now. There will be a, a shuttle bud of combined PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus coming together to form something that can actually go against PlayStation Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. Does this make you excited? Are you going to pay the extra money to get a PS5 now? Uh, uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I'm waiting on pure. I, I don't want any more consoles. I just want wherever I go, you know, whip out a controller or my iPhone or whatever and play whatever I want. Um, I don't know how close we are to that, but mm. I'm not getting a PS5. Okay. Okay. I mean, Xbox says you can play everywhere you want to play. You can play with your phone, play with your tablets, play on. They almost had you play it on Nintendo Switch if you wanted to. Nintendo yeah, killed yeah. it. They were like, oh, you're going to let us put our Xbox Live app on your Switch? And then PlayStation said, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> and Nintendo was like, hey, second thought, we're not going to do that. So maybe PlayStation is going to allow you to play everywhere. All PlayStation Classic games. But it's you know, Xbox already has that service now. Amazon's tickling with that service, and Google Stadia kind of failed with the service. It's still alive, but it's not the same. Yeah, Cloud so computing. I mean, that, that's like, interesting. Is I mean, are, are we done with consoles now? I mean, maybe I'm I'm just you know living my own little fever dream here. But uh, how many times? How many more consoles do we need? That's the question, right? I think we're done with consoles. I think we probably have one or two left in us, generations in us, just to get people that don't have consoles in our house. But, you know, Microsoft came out with Halo Infinite and said, hey, you can play this thing back all the way to an Xbox One. So you got the first Xbox. You can actually play this. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, that's cloud computing, <laughs> baby. They do it all through the cloud. They download 12 gigs to your hard drive and the rest of the game is online. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I think I think we're one step closer, one step closer. But it's gonna be harder, right? Because as graphics constantly improve and games start looking like the Mandalorian, you're gonna need faster networks to move all that information across to a console. And people don't want wired connections anymore. Everything has to be wireless. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's, it's it's like it's like the the the, the axis keep going like this. You need. Better graphic fidelity, but we want to play it on smaller, lesser devices at the same time. It's really going to be interesting how that intersects you know, eventually. You know what? Uh, when I was in college, I actually did a paper on um, real-time radiosity. And mm -hmm. the basic thing behind that is we wanted to figure out, well, how can we basically take uh, the idea of vectors? So if you don't know, Photoshop is like uh, raster images where you have every pixel planned out mm -hmm. and then you have vectors which are just mathematical equations that lead into a image now if we take that idea and do 3d vectorization of everything can we just send math equations down to the person's computer so they won't have to worry about sending over all these graphic images all these movies all these textures and that's what's clogging everything up so yeah. 3D vectorization could change the game in a big way, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that that would change the game in a big way, actually. Um, wow. That's the geekiest thing I've heard in a long time, particularly on this show. <laughs> I'm a beast with it. There you are. I see. I see. <laughs> Continuing on the game in stride, Netflix is launching a daily trivia series called Trivia Quest. 
I swear I saw a trivia question t-shirt at GDC. Hmm. Uh, so much like the interactive series by the Black Mirror crew, Bandersnatch, that is called that, which is called Cat Burglar. I tell everybody to play Cat Burglar. It's a it's an old school cartoon where you're playing trivia. And you have to answer three questions successfully to see the best outcome for the the cat. So hmm. with Trivia Quest is a narrative interactive experience, meaning each win will help move the story along. So every win you make every day moves the story along. For Trivia Quest, correctly answering the game questions will also help free the friends of the protagonist, Willie, who vows to save hostage citizens of Trivia Land, captured by the knowledge-hungry hey. villain named Evil Rocky. Wow. Wow. <laughs> a new episode of Trivia Quest will hit the service every day through April with 30 episodes in total. All right. I'm calling a fail on this. You can call the fail on it. Yeah. See, it sounds too mm -hmm. much like edutainment. And if you have edutainment and then entertainment or intereducation, whatever you want to call it, you, you got to put the entertainment first. And what I'm hearing from this, like Trivia Quest, Evil Rocky, Trivia Land, you know, cat burglar i mean what, what come on man you can do better than this and i just know this is coming from marketing or education minded people so yeah the best but well, we'll see that's the character so trivia quest is an actual trivia game that's online that people play but i don't know how many users it has it may be a big one it may be as big as jackbox but jackbox is different you play with people with jackbox and cat burglars okay I, I, would i go back and visit it no but i'm not one that's really big in quiz games so i don't know unless i'm with some other players playing next to me yeah i don't know do, do you get into wordle i don't get into wordle I have not jumped on that bandwagon. I've heard really interesting things about Wordle. You know, I mean, the community is out there. They're big. And now that times have changed, maybe more people are into puzzles and gaming at the same time. So this could be a market that people could jump into. Mm, that could be true. True. I guess I'm going to jump into some hardcore news, right? So we have all these sanctions against Russia. Everybody, you know, EA's pulled the Russian team and players out of the game, and people said they're not selling products to Russia anymore. Now it looks like Russia's like, okay, you're not going to allow the products. You're going to sanction us. Now let products come in America. Y'all trying to disrespect us. We're going to stop selling rocket engines to the United States. So today. This is what this is what it said from Ragazan. Today we have made a decision to halt the deliveries of rocket engines produced by MPO and Nergamash to the United States. So one of Russia's biggest rocket developers, who probably makes a lot of rockets for the United States, has decided, you know what? Since you're not going to bring loud, loud those hostess cakes come to America, come to Russia anymore, we're going to stop selling you rockets. <laughs> and this is this what he said in his quote too. Let them fly on something else. They're broomsticks. I don't know what they're going to be on. <laughs> Yo, if they've got the market locked down that much, where they're talking that kind of trash, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know. So this is who they make rockets for: United Launch Alliance, which is the key launch provider for NASA and the U.S. Department of Defense and Northrop Grumman, and which periodically launches cargo to the International Space Station for NASA. 
So it is a Russian company that provides all the rockets to get us around. They also have a joint venture with Boeing and Lockheed Martin, which are the two number one defense contractors in the United States. Hmm. So this That's is going to be very interesting. <laughs> I'm over here upset that uh, the the avocados almost got banned in California. And uh-huh. we're talking about, you know, real stuff like rockets. I mean, <laughs> rockets, rockets, rockets getting banned. So they're like, we're not going to give you rockets anymore. Jeff Bezos can't fly with Blue Origin no more because they make the rockets with Blue Origin. Man, I wonder if they do it for SpaceX. I wonder. Who I else mean, makes rockets? I'm, I'm about. I don't know. I, Tesla's about to start doing it. I bet. Hey, there you go. I'm about to put Elon, Elon Musk is already in the game. You know, Elon Musk has got his uh, what does he call it? The Link, uh, Starlink satellites. Mm-hmm. He's got the Starlink providing Ukraine with Wi-Fi. So, uh, props Elon for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're gonna get some more domestic news. McDonald's is being sued for nine hundred million dollars. Guess what they're getting sued for? Oh my gosh! Uh, did somebody actually find a bone in a McRib? What happened? <laughs> find a bone in the McRib? <laughs> no, they didn't find a bone in the McRib. I think people will be celebrating that. People <laughs> will celebrate that. Now, so for nine hundred million dollars, they're getting sued over having broken ice cream machines. McDonald's is being sued for nine hundred million dollars oh, by a company right. that created and uh, created a product to fix the fast food chain's infamous broken ice cream machines. The startup business called a Keech, I think it's called Keech, created a device to help troubleshoot the ice cream machines and sold it to make 500 of McDonald's restaurants. But as reportedly reported by Wire, McDonald's bosses allegedly ordered these devices removed in tw- November 2020. You know, <laughs> so that's crazy. So the company said, look, your ice cream machines are always broken. We found a way to troubleshoot it and fix it. McDonald's bought the pieces and said, no, we're not going to use them. <laughs> you know, there's a documentary on money this. to clean the ice cream machine than it does to fix people <laughs> ice cream. That's what the real reason is. <laughs> yeah. There was a whole documentary on it, which is comedy. And I actually watched it and I was entertained because it's so many weird connections of, well, there's the guy who makes the lever and they were just using him as a cover up because they really don't want to fix the ice cream machines. They just want to, have ice cream machines so people keep coming by and get one ice cream but can't get it so they order the happy meal instead or get the shake yeah it's a whole conspiracy it's great <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> to, kudos to mcdonald's for luring people into their restaurant for ice cream that's like 89 cent and then selling them a five dollar happy meal that's one that's one hell of a markup that that happened to me at a, an Italian restaurant in Italy. Um, my mom took me there and they brought us in. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on. We got the calzones and calzones and great. We sit down, no calzones. Here's some spaghetti. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> we already paid for this. Like, Hey, just sit down and eat the spaghetti. Like you say calzones. <laughs> yeah. Gangsta. I sold you on the spaghetti. That's an upsell. <laughs> well, McDonald's has been doing it for decades now, for decades. Uh, speaking of things that are changing, continually changing, Apple's starting to remove mask requirements for its workers. First of all, you're bringing everybody back into the office. They said it's still unclear when Apple plans to fully reopen its offices. But they're having people come in. They're like, we spent like $10 billion on this building. We need people up in it. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? 
we're going to remove the mask mandate. You know, let people come in and risk it all for for the job. What do you think about that? Um, hey, man, I, I'm all about going back to work, um, seeing people in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Apple's got that big circle that they that they call mm-hmm. the building, and that that's the pretty fascinating. Off. So, it yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know why people would want to be away from that. Um, maybe there's something else toxic going on that I don't know about. But apparently, yeah. it's really hev- it's really well ventilated. So. I think safety concerns can be minimized and, you know, people know how to work safely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for going back to work. Nice. Yeah. I'm for going back to work. I just want people to be safe, you know, tell people they, they don't have to wear masks, but it's in their best interest to do so. And be willing to shut the place down when people start dropping off because they all got COVID. Yeah. They got to be willing to do that as well. And uh, nobody over there is uh, listening to Joe Rogan on Spotify. They all have to have Apple Music, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. Then Apple Podcast. Joe Rogan and then I listen to Joe Rogan and all, and he's not on Apple Podcast, so they, they're exactly. safe with that. Um, speaking of another tech company, Rivian, the the company that makes the that that uh, that actual Cybertruck, the, they actually release the Cybertruck. Rivian apologized for broken trust in access pre-order prices increases that hit as much as twenty k. So Rivian came out, told everybody, put a thousand dollars down, you get your truck, and people put the thousand dollars down with a set price. They thought they were going to pay for the truck and the pre-orders. Then they turn around and jacked the price up up to twenty thousand dollars for the from the original quote. They, they, uh, see, that's, that, that's one of those subtle gangster moves, you know, <laughs> It is where you're just like, hey, I'm going to charge you all this. And people are like, OK, and I'm going to charge you more. And then they get mad and then you bring it down a little bit and they're like, OK, but they still got you. Right. Yeah. They apologize and they still got you. Yeah. So is it? Mm hmm. They said they honored the original price. So they said we uh We'll, we'll honor the original configure price for all pre-orders placed prior to March 1st. Okay. All people, that means everybody that bought one earlier has yeah. a vehicle they can sell for $20,000 more than what they paid for. It. Man, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. So Rivian uh, coming up, trying to, trying to compete with the Tesla and the Cybertruck. All right. I, I, props to them. Even people who have canceled their pre-orders due to changes will apparently be able to get back in line if they're still interested. And the reactions on social media suggest many are. See, I think the Rivian, uh, the Rivian is a very interesting product. I think it may be well, well worth it. I don't know. You know, I, I'm I'm also in the, in the in the market for electrical truck vehicle, and I'm just I'm just betting on the Cybertruck. I'm betting on the tank that kills zombies and rolls them over the top. Yeah, with that smooth finish, you know, all the all the bones and cartilage are just going to slide off the front of the slide off. Front of the, yes, you know, smooth, I, I need the bulletproof glass and I need the <laughs> unibody in case I roll it down the hill. You never That's know. Right. <laughs> okay, are, are you familiar with the artist Flying Lotus, Stephen Ellison, Steve? Vaguely. Okay. We know he makes electric music. He's multidisciplinary. Mm-hmm. He has just signed the multi-picture development deal to produce and direct a slate of upcoming films with Paris-based logical pictures at XYZ. What? 
Hey, I guess I guess that's what you do. You go from musician to filmmaker. I mean, he's like, hey. So Ellison has a massive circle of nowhere collaborators in recent years, including the likes of David Lynch for Twin Peaks The Return, Alma Harrell for Love Truly, Hiro Mirai for Atlanta and Station uh, Eleven, and Shinichiro Watanabe for Cowboy Bebop, Curl and Tuesday, and LaShawn Thomas, who's the homie, right? And mm-hmm. working with Yacht on Yasuke with Lucky Stansfield. So I guess you knowing the right people can cut you that deal. Now he's making pictures and he's actually going to make six films. Oh, what six? Multi-picture deal. Yep. Huh. All right. So to me, you've got one of two things happening. You've either got a guy who's really connected and everybody likes him. They're like, hey, I got this guy. I like him. We like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like him. We both like him. Everybody likes him. Mm-hmm. Or dude's actually really good. And they're like, yo, dude is actually really good at this stuff. You need to get on it. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's some combination of the two, but I don't know Flying Lotus like that. Well, what do you think? I, I listen to a lot of Flying Lotus and he does like science fiction. He has Thundercat mm-hmm. on board. He has his, it's so Brain Feeder is his record label. Now he has Brain Feeder films as well. So, okay. The fact that they're going to finance a multiple, multiple horror, thriller and science fiction projects. I find it kind of interesting because I want to know if he can do it or not. Or has he had the other right collaborators working with him? I I wonder if they're like, well, Kanye can do all this stuff. Why can't you? (laughs) uh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. But he has he has some interesting music video directors on some of his sets, and uh, they're they're amazing. Like you can see him, like Shinichiro actually worked with him as well. But he's worked on some amazing videos, like Khalil Gibran, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Khalil, what's, mm. thing, what's Khalil's last name? Davis or what's Khalil? And Khalil did. Uh, uh, lemonade for beyonce so he's oh, like yeah. hey I, I got these people that are going to help me you guys don't worry about the money i got these geniuses that never make movies and we're going to make something super super dope Khalil joseph so okay i wonder if he works with him because trust me flying lotus has some of the best artistic music videos i've ever seen and i don't know if it's his eyes or his director's eyes but they always come out really good and he works with Khalil joseph and i love Khalil, and i wish Khalil would make a movie well, I mean, when you have that person who just, even if they're not creative themselves or can't do mm-hmm. something themselves, if they just bring people together, then that's worth a lot. So props. Yep. All kinds of, uh, I get props to all kinds of people. So for example, Brandon Sanderson started a Kickstarter and guess what? He may raise 15 million on the first day, 15 million Dang. on Kickstarter for four secret novels. Four secret. So Sanders launched a Kickstarter fundraise for four secret novels that he secretly wrote over the past two years. The campaign surprised four secret novels by Brandon Sanderson, run by parent company Dragon Steel Entertainment, brought in more than $15 million for the first day. I, I don't think that's ever happened on Kickstarter. I don't think people make that type of money on selling books on Kickstarter. And I buy a lot of Kickstarter stuff. I mean, it's, I, yeah, I haven't seen this either. I mean, that, that's pretty. That's pretty. Once again, it's gangster. It's like, hey, <laughs> you don't even you don't even know what it is. Uh, but I got four of them, and they're all secret. So, um, you know, you should you should hit that backing button. Yeah, going to back me. I'm kind of curious to see what this Kickstarter is. You get four of them golden golden bezeled books for two thousand dollars. I wonder. 
you know, but he's made four novels over the last two years. He's on his definitely Stephen King level of writing, doing four novels in two years. Uh, and congratulations to him. Bravo. It makes me want to get out there and write some books <laughs> and put them on Kickstarter. And so I wrote four novels in the last month. Hey, don't, um, put any, don't put any titles on them. Don't put any pictures out. Nothing, Just be like, nothing. look, because if you put out a title or something like mm, the, 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 the winds of, you know, which farm, mm, I don't know. I don't like the name of that. I'm not getting it. So yeah. Secret. You know, he has a reputation too, right? Sanderson's penned numerous uh, series and creative fantastical worlds, notably Mistborn and the Stormlight Archive, both set in the world of Cosmere universe and finished Robert Jordan's Will of Time series. So he finished Will of Time too. So he has a history of writing good books, but still you, you bank him four novels and you made $15 million. That's probably more than his publishing deal with a gaming. Hmm. It's impressive. Like Time? I did like Will of Time. It was, we reviewed it for Ashley Bingeworthy. I'm glad you brought that up. We talked about it in Bingeworthy and we rated it pretty high. I liked I liked the show. I haven't read the book Will of Time, but I did like okay. it. I like the series because it showed empowered women. Yes, yes, it did. I actually didn't make it through. I'm, I'm one of those, you got to get me in the first couple episodes or I'm done with you kind of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't get me right away. And I nah. was just like off. Nah, nah. But usually by episode three or four of it gets good. It is. It's, it's, it's not going to get you in the first two episodes. First two episodes, you end up hating like the main characters. You end up hating yeah. all of them initially. It's tough. One of the first characters I liked in the first couple episodes was the black guy that was going around killing all the witches. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? There was the show on uh, Netflix. Uh, it was like a church and there was a horror kind of theme to it with the um, evil characters running around an island and i people kept telling me oh it gets good dog it gets good and like in the last half of the last episode it started getting quote unquote good and regardless of the quality i was mad at it because it took that long to get good yeah 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 in the world today you got to get good by the first or second episode give me that unless you're star wars or you're marvel then we, we hang in there for you yeah you need that attack uh, attack on titan first episode that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Attack on Titan and anime mm-hmm. studios, you know, uh, MAPPA, the company that made the last two seasons, Attack on Titan, the final season, they're definitely known for Jujutsu Kaisen. If you haven't seen that, it gets good straight from the jump, too. They created, they opened an Osaka-based CGI studio. So they, they're leaning all the way in on CGI. So anime studio MAPPA, Mappa, who is known for producing hits like Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Yuri on Ice, now have revealed they we have a whole new studio opening up, and it's on it's for CGI animation. The expansion facilities working with animators in Osaka will work side by side with Mappa brands uh, brand names in Tokyo Studio as well. So they're a Tokyo Studio. They have a studio in Sendai, Sendai as well, uh, CGI department. Man, this has me super excited. They made the same jump as as Trigger. Trigger did it too. So Trigger was like, hey, you know, we're going to get in this CGI 3D world and we're going to go crazy with the camera. And that's what Trigger did. Then they came out yeah. with Promare and they came out with a bunch of other things. But when they blend both of those worlds together, sometimes it's always magic. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Japanese anime going to full CGI. Um, cautiously optimistic. 
I'm expecting mm. to see some, you know, some bumps in the road, people trying out things they probably shouldn't be trying. Um, but, you know, I, I like the idea of it. And I, I say that because I actually played um, my, my nephew was really big on the, the Naruto games mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just playing those and watching through that whole story play out. I was like, you know what? This could kind of work. And mm. because it's, it's very cinematic and they go through a lot of story in the Naruto games, um, mm-hmm. Ninja Storm and stuff like that. So I'm uh, I'm optimistic. I want to see what people do in actual movie or series yeah. situations. Yeah. Seeing anime studios play in the 3D world is very interesting. Like Batman Ninja. It's mm. beautiful. The story is nuts, but it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everybody, if you haven't watched Batman Ninja, watch it. It's it's an acid trip of of a Batman story. It's an acid trip. You can watch it on <laughs> HBO Max. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, which I think is like the greatest anime in 2022, one of the greatest animes of all time, is on HBO really? Max. It's amazing. I put it. I put it over Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is really good. I put it over Attack on Titan. I put it over uh, top of uh, Kill a Kill, and I'm an anime nut. And I'm like, man, Jujutsu Kaisen just does everything right. They gave me, they gave me, they gave me two of the most innovative fight scenes I've ever seen in anything. Okay, anything. See, I got, I got to go back and watch Jujutsu Kaisen some more, and I gotta, I gotta get through Demon Slayer because it started off a little slow, and I did this slow. Okay. It, I'll get to it's it. Slow. Uh, yeah, because. Those two I just started on and didn't really connect with. I think I need mm-hmm. to give them some more time though, because yeah. sometimes I'm a hater right off the bat. And I need to. Chill with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can be a hater right off the bat. You can be a hater right off the bat. But I guess you know I got want to get out one more story because I think the stories are getting out. Marvel to cut a deal out for George R. R. Martin's Wild Card Comics. The publisher is set to release a comic ad- uh, adaption of Wild Cars, George R.R. R. Martin's long-running superhero anthology series. The collection of 25 books, which began in 1987, including short stories, full-blown novels, and more written by science fiction and fantasy writers, luminaries such as Roger Zellerman, Charles Strauss, Saladin Ahmad, and, of course, Martin himself. Are you going to collect those comics? Are you going to grab those? Are you going to grab these? You know, uh, I don't really rock with comics. Like, I mean, collecting them and Mm -hmm. owning them like that. Usually I come in and sample uh, and then just check out the live thing later if I know it's going in that direction. Uh, But this is this is interesting stuff, man. And Marvel is usually thinking pretty far out. At least recently they've been thinking very long term. So I like this idea, the whole history of, you know, people working with uh, Game of Thrones and then working with uh, Disney slash Star Wars. We're wondering what's happening with these people. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of stuff that's kind of happening in the background. I'm wondering what that bubbles into, say, six, seven years from now. And yeah. this uh, series is pretty interesting. And it might be something that's totally worth checking out the comic adaptation of. So I might, I'm going to write yeah. this one down as check out. Yeah. And we don't want to read the books. They're actually not only working on the comic adaptation. They got a TV adaptation coming on Peacock. So they're going to be streaming it. Peacock. So Universal snatched it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. It was over at Hulu initially, and huh. it got dropped. Now Peacock is picking it up. See, I had to cut back on my streaming services. I, I, can't, mm-hmm. be like you, I can't be like you, Chuck. I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I, I get my 80. 
<laughs> I get my ADD going. I get my ADD going on, and I'm like, "Hey, what's on this? Oh gosh, this is this is leaving in a week. I got to binge the whole series, whole five seasons in one week. I can do it." Uh, and you know, I just start jumping around. So I gotta, I had mm. to chill out, and now I kind of do one at a time, and I need help. Yeah. I, I let everything stack up and I binge it. I mean, we have a show called Binge Worthy, and people are like, Have you started the new show for Wednesday? Like, nah, I'll start on Friday. I'll be done by Saturday morning. And yeah. just, the whole entire show Friday night. I go, I go to like four or five o'clock in the morning on Saturday and I binge the whole entire show. It's, that actually takes practice. It does. It's, it's a skill. It's a skill. It's a talent I've, I've, I've learned. I don't go out on Friday, I watch TV shows. Nice. Watch whole entire TV shows, just episode to episode, boom, 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 boom. I look up and I see the sun coming up. Like I'm gonna go take a nap right now and come back and finish that last episode. That's right. Get your grub hub on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, with that being said, that concludes our show for today. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Digital Click because they always provide us with good marketing materials and framework. Shout out to Rodney, the being a cloud in the sky. He does great production work, holds it down. One of the co-founders of the Geekish Network. He actually invited Mr. Benjamin to the show today. And most importantly, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Benja. Thank you for coming on the show today, brother. It's been a while. Man. For sure, man. For sure. You know, I'm always out doing my thing. Uh, MrBenja.com is where you can find me. Mm -hmm. um, I try to put all my links there. It's kind of janky because I just redid it. But, you know, hey, go there and show me some show me some hate. Let me know what I should fix. Yeah. He also does dope fine art, people. He makes dope fine art. I was going to tell you that it's, it's usually video game based, but it's dope. He's probably doing yeah. all kinds of other things as well right now. Yeah, I'm writing a book. Yep. And he was the first person I bought a mask from in the pandemic. Nice. Yeah, he was the first my first <laughs> mask purchase. I still have those masks. I love them. Uh, with that being said, thank you for tuning in to the Geek Beast. We have no follow show today. Tomorrow's happy hour. It may be a little late because I have to go to the office tomorrow and I have to come back in. But I hope to see y'all there. Bring your drinks and come and have a good time with us. Peace. <laughs>